Sport has the power to change the world. Welcome to Telegram Football Stories. My name is Boise Kumalo and my guest today is James Vaughn. In today's episode, Vani talks about moving to the U.S., looking up to David Beckham, and playing college soccer. James Vani, how you doing, my man? Good, thanks. Yourself? I'm good, brother. So where are you from in England? So I'm from, I'm from a place called Bexhill-on-Sea. I'm on the south coast of England. It's about two hours south of London. Um, live right on the right on the uh, the channel, which is quite nice. So it's uh, lockdown hasn't been too bad for us down here with some nice views. Yeah, that's good. So what you been doing with the lockdown going on? Um, just trying to work out as much as you can, really from home. All the gym equipment that that you can have, and um, trying to keep a ball at my feet at all times. Really, just trying to keep keep the touch there and and keep going. Really, it's it's obviously it's difficult for everyone, and unfortunately here at my parents' house got a back garden and, and whatnot and I've got the cones out and set some drills up each and every day and just got to just keep working hard and keeping at it. Yeah, that's good to hear that you're still keeping fit, man. You of know? course, I think it's, it's vital, isn't it, for, for, for players at any level if they want to improve and, and, and reach the next level. I think there's, like they say, there's no rest days and there's no days off. So you just got to keep going and keep grinding. Right. So when did you start playing soccer? Uh, I started playing when I was about three or four years old. Um, actually, just a local team to me is in my village called Little Common. Um, and I played there all the way through till I was about 16, 17 years old. Uh, my dad played at a really good level. Um, he was the one that got me into it. Um, and as soon as I had a ball on my feet, I sort of fell in love with the game. Um, and I sort of haven't, haven't really looked back, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. What team did you support growing up? Well, even though I'm from the South Coast, I actually supported Man United. Uh, uh, only because of David Beckham was my idol growing up. Loved the way he played. And uh, um, I like to say there's some similarities in our game with the, with the whole free kicks. I'm definitely nowhere near as good as him, but um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to be. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a player I idolised. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I picked Man United. Oh, that's nice, man. I, I know uh, Man United are a big, big team in England. What's uh what's the vibe like right now in England? Uh, you know, with all this uh, Corona happening and uh, the Black Lives Matter situation. Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously difficult right now for the whole world. It's difficult for everyone to um to deal with this whole virus, and I think everyone's got to take accountability and in, in their actions, and hopefully we're moving in the right direction to get the right vaccines and and keep people safe. Um, I think we're fortunate enough to be younger and healthier in the, in this time. And I think that's what people have got to be less selfish and decide, you know what, this is for the older generations or the people that maybe don't have as strong as immune systems as us. And we've got to, we've got to sort of keep fighting for them. Um, and also with the, obviously with the Black Lives Matter thing is another, it's a big thing here as well. So you see in the Premier League, they get on the, the, their knee every, before every game and whatnot supporting it. And I think it's a great thing. I think it needs to be supported all over any industry and any way of life. And um, yeah, I think it's, it, it's great. And hopefully we can, we can kick the racism out of football uh, as soon as possible. Speaking about youth soccer in the UK, you know, in America, a lot of kids have to pay to play uh, the game. How is it in yep. England? 
No, it's so I remember, like I said earlier, when I played for my first team, I think that you you pay a signing on fee, which it may be, I think it was like twenty pound at the time for the whole year, um, and basically that just um, allows you to sign on uh, with the league um, and the red and registration for the league. Yeah. Um, and you don't get to keep um, any of your your actual match kits or anything, but you get given a kit basically for the season. So I always wore number seven because that was David Beckham was my number, so I'd wear the number seven. Yeah. And you, you, as a kid, anyway, you'd turn up to the game in your kit, obviously, when you're that young, um, playing take it home. And normally, like parents or someone will try and sponsor the team. So like I was fortunate enough to be my grandparents sponsored my team. So we'd get the track suits to turn up into a game. So we'd all look similar and stuff. And it was sort of more of a, a whole sort of like team effort um, to look, to say, look, look the part, but be sort of matching um, and whatnot. But obviously I know from experience out there with, from what I've heard that the money out there is, is crazy to me um, to get kids at such a young age involved in, in any sport, whether it's football or anything, is it, such an important thing in a way of life. Um and I think it's so unfair on some kids that don't maybe don't have the opportunity because people can't afford it. I know if I was I was in America with that type of money being um, being uh, offered out or having to pay that type of money, I think my parents would definitely be like, okay, you can choose one sport and one sport only because I definitely wouldn't be paying multiple sports if that's what it cost. And I think that's a that's a real negative thing for a kid um, trying to understand. At that age, you don't know what sport you're good at. You're just looking to play and looking to have fun and you want to see ones you enjoy. I think that can really um, hinder people's chances of wanting to, to choose to play football. Yeah. So now, did you play any other sports besides football? Yes, yeah, so you might appreciate this. I actually uh, I played cricket growing up. <laughs> nice. so that, that was my uh, that was my other sport. But I uh, my granddad played at a high level too with cricket over here in Surrey. Um, and yeah, I started playing that growing up. Had a had a pretty. Uh, pretty good time playing that a lot of friends that played that and I got to a pretty good level as well and it came to a crossroad whether to play football or cricket and when I was 16 I chose to play football so that was that was sort of where my cricket path ended um but no loved it and then obviously I played a bit of golf too I was uh, I grew up um playing golf on my granddad was a member of a golf course near me and he got me into it and so my whole family belonged to that golf course and we we all played so I was very fortunate enough to play play multiple sports yeah you spoke a little bit about your dad. Uh, he was a soccer player. What position did he play? He was a, he was another centre midfielder too. He was a holding centre mid. So uh, they called. <laughs> I like to call him. He's small. He's only five foot seven. Bless him. But he was a, he was a terrier apparently back in the day. So I don't know if you know Dennis Wise for Chelsea. It was a guy that he sort of liked to idolise his game on and whatnot. And he was he was the guy to win the ball back in the midfield and and whatnot, and then give it to give it to the um, more technical players to go and uh, go and score the goals and whatnot. But <laughs> No, that's, that's how I went the position. So, yeah, did you watch your dad playing growing up? No, unfortunately, I didn't. Um, I well, I I saw him play a couple of games for the called. There's like a vets league, which is when they're like over 35. So, um, when when I was growing up, he he was uh, working a lot, traveling a lot. Um, so he always came to watch me play on the weekends. He spent him and mum spent their weekends watching me play, and he didn't really have much time for him to play. So. Uh, he, uh, but when I got a bit older, he decided to go back to the to vets league and play. And I think in the first game I went to see, see play, um, pulled his hamstring. So he was out for six weeks. So it wasn't a very good, wasn't a very good start to uh, his career. Yeah. So how did you, how, how did you end up in the US, my guy? Um, 
Yeah, it was quite a, it was a bit of a whirlwind of events, really. I was uh, I was eighteen. I was playing. I was captain of uh, Sussex, like the counties here, each county and whatnot, and the best sort of eleven or squad um, will play for Sussex and go play other squads and other counties. I was playing for them at the time. Was captain, and um, I got invited to England schoolboy trials at the time, which was the sort of the next next uh, like level up. Yeah, and we were at this. There was a place called Littlechall, which is a quite a famous place here in the UK. I think the England squad used to train there at some um, at some point. But um, yeah, I went there and um, had a cut. It was a trial day or whatever, and an agency came up to me and just said after the game and said, "Hey, have you ever thought about going to the US?" And I sort of said, "No, not really." I'd sort of obviously been an English player, an English born. I wanted to sort of stay and play here in the UK, and I never even thought about sort of leaving home and going that far away to play. Um, and that, and then I, uh, I heard back from England that I didn't make the final squad. So this, this agency gave me their contact details and said, hey, if you ever, if you ever change your mind, give us a call. So about a couple of weeks later, I ended up giving them a call, and I met them at the David Beckham Academy in London, and done like a showcase basically in front of a lo- load of US coaches. And that's when Northwood University were there and um, offered me a scholarship sort of straight away, straight after the game. And that basically took it straight away, and that was, that was how I got out of there. So what did your parents think about you leaving uh, England and going to the US? Honestly, I don't think they thought I was going to follow through with it. Um, I'm, I was at that time, I was very, um, I was very much of a homebody, um, loved being by my family. And, and it never really crossed my mind to go elsewhere to play, if you know what I mean, especially when it, if it wasn't for a professional contract or a well-known team, a professional team, if you know, if you go into an academy or something. Um, but obviously, the nearer the time it got, my mum, my mum was always crying, and but and my dad was was they were so happy for me. But um, yeah, it wasn't until we got out there they flew out with me in August, right before a couple of weeks before preseason started. And I think that's when it hit all of us that we all sort of said, "Wow, this is this is really happening." And they were they obviously they're ecstatic, and they knew this is what I wanted to do, and I was willing to do anything to try and try and reach my dream of playing professionally. Yeah. So speaking about professionally, growing up in England, I assume every kid want to go play professional soccer they're not thinking about college soccer no no exactly yeah i think uh every every kid here grows up and, and wants to be in a in a professional side where in the academies obviously you start off with it and and work their way up and whatnot and yeah to be honest i didn't re- i didn't know anything about the american system i didn't know anything that that was even a possibility um until um, until that agency really came up to me and spoke to me about it um and then we done then we done the research about it but even then, from from coming from such a small club in terms of facilities and and whatnot, and not being a professional club, to go and see the the facilities that like Northwood had and, and other universities had, was just mind blowing to us. And it just sort of seemed it was like an offer you sort of can't refuse. At the end of the day, if that's what your dream is, of like everyone has to make sacrifices, and um, and yeah, that's obviously what what I had to do. But it was it was well worth it. Now, was uh, Northwood the only school that was interested in you or you had other looks from other schools? I had other looks from other schools um, at the time. and there, there was quite a few um, that were interested. But, um, yeah, we, like I said, back then, I didn't really know. I didn't know the, the, the difference between Division One and Division Two. Um, unfortunately, because I got so late, I was so late into the process before that August. I don't think I really got into the whole process until March, April time when I went for that showcase. Yeah. So it was a real short span by the time, by the time doing the showcase, then hearing from universities, then, then trying to decide 
what university I wanted to go to. And then obviously the whole visa process and getting that sorted. It was such a such a quick turnaround that we I guess we didn't really do maybe as much research or have as have the chance to do as much research as possible um, in order to choose choose um, the best university for for um, Stocker. But obviously I was very fortunate enough that it, it, it turned out to be a pretty good decision even though I'd never even been to Michigan and been to, been to Midland, that's for sure. What, what type of scholarship were you on? Were you on a full ride or? Yeah, yeah. So I got offered a full ride straight away, which is one of the reasons why we sort of couldn't turn it down. Um, there are a few other universities too, um, but they're a bit later on in the process. They're a bit later on in offering it. And North was sort of okay, were the first ones to sort of come, um, come at us with the, with the, that, that type of offer. And obviously we saw the facilities and, knew it was a business school I, I wasn't entirely sure if I wanted to go into business or whatnot but we knew it was sort of an, I had to make a decision quickly and with both the assistant and head coach being English too that sort of helped me um, sort of make a decision and knowing okay if they're there from England they understand the process they understand like what I'm coming from and what I'm used to to, to the American then go to the American system so that was another reason what sort of pushed me towards Northwood. Yeah what, what type of student Uh, where are you in school? Because, uh, you know, like you just mentioned, the, the system in the UK and in America is totally different. So, yeah, um, I, I, I definitely struggled for my first year, my first semester. Um, I definitely struggled academically um, with a lot of the classes. Just applying yourself, I guess. I was so focused on making sure I was playing well in football and I was very lucky to be a starter freshman. So as soon as I got out there, I played. And for me, being so young at the time, all I could think about was, okay, I'm here for football. Like they've given me a scholarship to come play. Like I need to make sure my foot, I'm playing the best I can. Um, and it sort of took my focus away from my my studies. Hey, I still part like I still got, I say, a half decent GPA in my first semester. I, I didn't I didn't fail anything or any whatever, but it definitely wasn't as good as what I knew I could have and what it continued to be after that first year. But um. It definitely taught me to apply myself and I knew that I had to be more of a well-rounded student athlete rather than just focusing on my, on my football. What, what type of visa did you need to, to, to come to, to the school? Uh, so it's called an F1 visa, which is a student visa. Okay. Um, and it was a really easy process, actually. It was, uh, it was um, North of them that done a lot of the paperwork and then obviously they send you paperwork to do. And then you go to the London embassy to to um, go and have a like, little interview to basically say, hey, this is the university I'm going to. I make sure your papers are good. And then they just sort of stamp your passport. So it was a really easy process. And I North had made it very easy for me, which was great. Obviously, there's such a short amount of time we had to actually do it. Um, it ended up being pretty, pretty easy. But that lasts um, that lasted me five years. You do your four years of, of my actual student visa. And then I actually done an extended um, year of my OPT, which is where you're allowed to go and work um, in, a, in a field of, of what your major was. Um, and I majored in in a business, uh, business management, and then a minor in marketing. So um, I was able to have quite a wide variety of choice of what I want to do. Yeah. We spoke a little bit about uh, struggling your freshman year. Uh, how was the transition besides soccer and school? How was the transition to the U.S.? compared to uh, England uh it, it was it was difficult I can't I can't lie as much as I want to sit and say no it was an easy transition it was very it was definitely definitely very difficult obviously leaving family for the first time and 
Um, I didn't know anyone. I literally flew to America with my parents and three days before pre-season, they, they had to fly, obviously fly back to England. And I just remember sitting in my dorm room for three days straight and no one, none of the other boys were in there. Uh, we got there a bit early. And I sort of just remember sitting there going, sort of that's when it like really hit me to say, wow, like you're in a, you're in a new country. I don't know. I don't know anywhere like where I am. I don't know anyone on my team. Um, but it also was a great learning curve for me because it brought it, brought out my shell and I had to I had to make friends. And I fortunately had great teammates um, by my side to help me sort of transition in anything that I needed. They, they would always help me help me with. Yeah. So how was the soccer compared to England? uh it was it was definitely uh different i say that's probably a great word to use it was <laughs> it was definitely a lot more i'd say it was a lot more fast paced um definitely a lot more physical um in that regard because i i feel like in england we we well, most teams or the teams i was very fortunate to grow up in tried to play a good and say a pretty brand of football and try to play out and whatnot and then you um in the, when i got to the us um i remember i was always i was always a fit guy and i, and I always had high standards for my fitness and made sure I, i came in the best shape i could and i remember turning up into pre-season and running the test and just thinking and coming at some teams and just thinking some of these guys are ridiculously fit like i thought i was fit and you just come against these guys and they're just natural athletes and they they're they're just so good all round that it sort of made me think wow i've got now i've got to develop i know what areas i need to develop in and i was a, i was a real small freshman too i was only i think i was 140 pounds in my first year as a freshman yeah. um and then after my first year I, my, i got to 155 with the weights and with the gym and whatnot so that really helped me de develop into more of a, i say an american style player uh, whilst keeping my english roots and uh and whatnot but yeah it was it was i it, to be honest with you the first few games were sort of a blur especially in pre-season with the traveling and trying to understand how how north had wanted us to play and i didn't play in my natural position either my first my first few games i played as a center midfielder and then unfortunately there was a few seniors and, and juniors on the team um and they went into the center midfield and i got pushed out to a right back position mm. uh, which i then had to sort of that was another thing that got that got thrown at me so i thought i had to understand and learn a new position um but thankfully it didn't last too long i think it lasted about two or three games and then i uh i actually made my way back into the center midfield position and uh we ended up winning 10 10 straight games in the bounce and and winning a winning the, the gliac tournament which i think was the first in north of history nice how did you feel when the coach moved you to to right back um Uh, obviously I wasn't happy I feel like uh any player you want to you want to do your best for the team and you're happy to fit in where the team needs you but personally I knew where my best position was at and I had a, I had confidence in my ability that I thought you know what like you're not going to get the best out of me at right back I will do my best and I always play to the best of my ability but for me as a player um you won't see the best of me unless I'm playing as a center mid and I think it sort of spurred me on and, and gave me the determination to say, hey, you know what, I've got to play well, earn the right to, to be in this team and earn the right to get back playing as a centre mid. And thankfully, I was able to do that and, and got my opportunity back there. But it definitely could have been could have gone the other way. I definitely could have been um, affected in a negative way uh, and really thought, you know what, I don't want to play here, maybe a lost motivation. But I think um, as a player, you're sort of just happy to be on the pitch wherever it is, and and that's sort of my personality in a team is what I will, I will do what the team needs me to do, basically. 
Yeah, it sounds like you were up for it, huh? Yeah, always, always up for a game, Boise. Yeah, that's good, man. So while you were at Northwood, uh, you played summer soccer. What team did you play for in the summer? Yeah, so obviously I had the pleasure of uh, playing under you and Eric Rudland at AFC Ann Arbor for, for quite a few years, which was nice. I think it was three, yeah, three years in total, um, which was, um, I was very lucky and absolutely loved my time, loved my time there, um, which was great. Uh, and then I moved on after my senior year, um, I moved on to the Michigan Bucks um, to go play there in the, in the PDL. Which is another good experience. Unfortunately, I um, tore my quad during that summer, so um, I, I think it was pretty early on in the beginning of June I tore it. So I was out basically for for the rest of summer, which wasn't good. Um, and then last uh, last year, obviously, I ended up back at Ann Arbor in the summer and um, under you and Eric again, which was another another great year. And um, it's probably probably th those the those three years I had at Ann Arbor were, were definitely some of the best best summers um, I'd ever had playing football that's for sure with with the players that we had and and the team morale and and what we were able to achieve was, was incredible yeah, I want to ask this question who are your top three best players you played with at AFC Ann Arbor Ooh, well you put me on the spot here I got to man I like putting people on the spot um I want to give you an array because I feel like sometimes it's not all about um ability although this guy probably probably a bit of a wild card for me but it was in a big season for me personally with personal achievements also the team um and which tj tomaso the goalkeeper okay for me his leadership and his determination to to want the team to win and he would do anything and anything for any of the players that are on that team i mean the guy worked at night shifts and then would come straight from his night shift at 6, 7 a.m. straight to training and would train and you'd never even know that he'd just done a 12-hour night shift. I mean, that just shows you the level of dedication that guy has. And at his age, he wasn't he wasn't at the start of his career either. This was a guy who had been, had been around the block for a while and had played in some really good teams. And to show that level of dedication at, that, at his age and within that team, just I think, I think it just um, was infectious on the rest of the guys. Um, so he's definitely up there. I mean, I can't leave out Jake Roof. I mean, for me, playing alongside him for, for all three of those years, um, the guy would, would would die for the team, honestly. He was, he was, I don't think he ever got as much credit as what he deserved. I think now we give him a load of credit because credit, we realise, wow, what a player he was. Right. But for me, playing alongside him was a privilege. It was, it was, he would... If he would always make me look good, I think he was always there. He was always picking up second balls. He was always doing all that dirty work that a lot of people people wouldn't see and wouldn't want to do, and he would do it so well and so efficiently um, that it was just it was incredible to me. And I, and I love my time playing there. And I sort of, I think a lot of the success we had as that in, the, in those couple of years as a team um, were a lot were down to him. Okay. Uh, my third, um, although I didn't play too much with him the season, unfortunately had a. He had a bit of controversy away at Lansing, but it was uh, Dario. I think you've seen now in the USL this year how well, how good of a player he is and the natural ability the guy has with, with finishing and and whatnot. I mean, uh, some of the stuff he done, he done it all the time in training. So if we got used to seeing it, him smashing the ball top bins and, and that's it. Like that was him in training, if you know what I mean. And now it's really coming to fruition 
how good of a player he is and what level of player he really is. Um, and yeah, I, I was I was very privileged to play with him, and it was quite a short time that I I spent with him, but it was also a very very valuable time. But I mean, hey, there's you got guys like Frenchie in that team, which are also my best friends, who who was another absolute warrior at the back foot for Ann Arbor. So it's it's hard to to to, to, to pick just three. Yeah, okay. No, those three are interesting, man. Uh, you spoke that you played for 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 the Bucks and also AFC Ann Arbor. Was there any difference playing for those two teams? Um, well, the box, the Michigan box, I played as a as a fullback as well. I played um I played as a right or left back. It sort of depended on what game it was. Um, but I, I wouldn't say there was there was much much difference in the teams. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was. I would say with the boys at Ann Arbor, I was a lot closer to them. And I think the team morale was a lot higher in Ann Arbor than maybe at the Michigan Bucks. And I don't know why that was. I wasn't living with the boys at the Michigan the Michigan Bucks at the time either. So that summer I actually lived with a friend. Um, so maybe that was more um, my own personal view because I did I wasn't living with them. I wasn't spending all the time with them. I sort of just see them at training and then that was it. But I feel like there was a bit of a divide at that in that Bucks team at the time. Um, I wouldn't say there were clicks, but there was definitely a lot of the guys that knew each other, and then a lot of the guys who didn't, who were new to the team. It was very hard to sort of gel, and I think that's why we didn't have the best of years. Whereas Ann Arbor, I think Eric uh, and the coaching staff always done so and a fantastic job of um, getting players that were new, new would buy into the system. They knew what what they what the players were going to bring to the table, and they knew. Okay, this is what this is what this team's about. We need work rate. We need work ethic and determination off the ball and on the ball to be able to be successful. And I think that's why the teams at Ann Arbor were so um, so united when we play every summer. Yeah, you also play for Detroit Football Club, DCFC. Yeah, what was it like playing for those guys? Oh look, I can't lie. I I love my time there, and 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 they 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 welcomed me with open arms. It was a very difficult transition for me um, in that time too, obviously because I've been being an Ann Arbor guy and turning up to Keyworth Stadium, getting abused, shouting at me every time I walked out walked down that pitch. And suddenly, suddenly, them cheering for you was uh, was definitely a, a nice change. Um, but look, I think I think it. I I was a very fortunate as a player to be able to play for two unbelievable teams within the state of Michigan. I think it's very rare to have such a big rivalry, but also be two teams be so well run and so well managed that that I all I can all I can say is thank you to both teams to having that opportunity. Um and the Detroit, yeah, like I said, it welcomed me with open arms and and I love my time there with the team and what we had in that members cup was it was a great team, obviously fortunate enough to win it, um, which was another great thing to be able to do. You spoke a little bit about the rivalry. Well, what do you think caused the rivalry? Um, I just think I think it's a it's a derby at the end of the day, isn't it? They're two local clubs who are fighting to be the best in a state, and I think uh, I think that's great to have. I think um, no matter what team you play on, as a player you want to be involved in those games, and as a player, whether you're a Detroit player or whether I was an Ann Arbor player, I I always loved playing those games and wanted to be involved. Um, 
And I think it really brings out the best in players and the best in 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 the team because either team wants to obviously wants to win and they want to do their best. They want to be the ones to say, oh yeah, we 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 beat them this year or, or vice versa. Um, so I think it's just, I think it's I think it's a healthy rivalry which which um, the players both set of players were able to buy into. Yeah, I know uh, at DCFC there's a lot of. Or oh, there's a few guys that played for for AFC and Alba, you know, Tandai, Yazid. What was it like playing with those guys? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I mean, uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to play with Yazid, obviously, that summer before. And we sort of both transitioned over to Detroit together. Um, and obviously, it's always nice seeing familiar faces. Obviously, playing with Tendai the year before, I understood how he, how he played and what type of play he was. And same with Yazid. So I think it makes it easier to settle in. To a, to a new team that way because if you know some fresh some faces, um, it just gives you a bit more confidence and, and understanding with with the rest of your team if you know what I mean. And um, it was great playing with them. I mean, they're two, two unbelievable players and they proved it in the Members Cup and even this year in Nisa that how good players they are and um, just genuinely nice guys on and off the pitch. They're guys that that hopefully I'll be a lifelong friends with. Yeah, I know uh, DCFC just won uh, the Nisa League a couple of months ago, and you were supposed to be on that team. How did you feel when they yep. won the, the league? Oh, I, was, I mean, I can't. I was absolutely buzzing for them. I mean, a lot of hard work and that behind the scenes to, to carry on with the season and do what they'd done was incredible. And obviously, they had obstacles too. I had my own obstacles and the fact that the players they signed with it, with it or the internationals and whatnot, it was hard to get them back in to, to be able to play uh, and whatnot. I think they've done a tremendous job in... in um, getting such a great team that from from my opinion and from the outside looking in on the streams they they look so united they look like they were they were a team they looked like they wanted to, to play together and they genuinely enjoyed playing with each other um, I think that's the most important thing sometimes with teams not necessarily the ability of the whole team it's how that team comes together to be able to unite and and to reach reach one goal yeah you were supposed to be on that team this year how come you were not with them yeah, unfortunately, due to COVID, um, my visa um, and a, a lot of the internet or every international in the league was unfortunately um, the visa has all got declined um, due to COVID and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I wasn't able to to get back out there in time, which was um, obviously heartbreaking. I I prepared myself in the off season in in um, October, November, December, and worked hard all through the Christmas period to to be back out there and. Um, get ready for the new season and unfortunately it, it wasn't meant to be um, but at the same time I was very fortunate that being able to spend more time with my family um, which obviously I hadn't done for the last five years um, so obviously I try and look at the positives in it but yeah obviously it was gutting to, to not be there and seeing the boys play um, it was it was hard to watch it was definitely hard to watch and I knew obviously I kept in contact with a lot of the boys that were there and whatnot would always wish them good luck and and whatnot, but it was definitely, I definitely had a, had some moments where I just wanted to hop on a plane and get over there regardless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just recently saw something on social media that you are currently playing in England. What team are you playing for? Yeah. So I signed with a team in the Conference South. It's called the Vanarama South now, and they're called Eastbourne Borough FC. Um, so I signed with them. I was actually training them in November, December while I was here in the off season just to keep fit. Um, and they're a local club to me. Um, and yeah, once they found out, I was in contact with them. Um, and once they found out that my visa wasn't going wasn't going through for this year, um, the head coach sort of offered me a, offered me a, a deal there with them. 
And fortunately, it's been it's been a great start to the season for us. We started, uh, I think, late September. We finally got our season underway. So it was, it was a long time. I think it was nine months in the hole since playing my last game for Detroit and then actually starting in a pre-season game. It was, it was nine months, I think, in total, which I don't think I'd ever taken that amount of time off since I was four years old from when I started. So <laughs> it was definitely um, it was definitely good to get back out there. But yeah, so I play for them and... Um, yeah, we have uh, we've we've done well this season. We're in when the FA Cup first round on on Sunday, which would be a great a great game. It's uh, nationally televised on BT Sport, and we're playing against Blackpool, so it'll be a great experience for the boys um, to to get to the next round. Okay, explain to me a little bit about the FA Cup because some of us don't know what the FA Cup is. What is it? Probably one of the most well-known cup competitions in in football, obviously in the UK, and it's basically where um, Teams from all over the country will play preliminary rounds in order to get to the FA Cup first round, which is every kid's dream um, of doing here in uh, in the UK. A lot of the prelims are all um, it's just drawn, and you might play teams from all over. And then once you get to the FA Cup first round, it's where the big teams, the professional teams, then come into play. Um, I don't know quite. I'm not quite sure on when. I think championship teams maybe come in round two. And so the next round, if we win this round, then we could have a chance of getting drawn against a championship side. And I think the Premier League team then come in in the third round. So that gives you an indication of how far along that process we are. And obviously having to win in four games to even get to the first round um, is, is, is a good achievement. Well, what division is your team in? So we're in the Vanarama South. So it used to be called the Conference South. So um, it, goes, it goes obviously Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two, then Conference, and then the Conference South. So is that like a fifth tier, or? Yeah, well, sixth, I think it is. Um, it's, it's it's technically still semi-professional. It's not professional. We're not full time or anything as of yet. We still we train twice a week and whatnot. Um, but it's it's the it's one of the highest levels you can be semi-professionally um, within within the UK. Do the players get paid? Yeah, yeah, players get paid. Yeah, so it's it's um it's actually a discussion that a lot of people actually have with me with being in the, being in the US and, and the UK and 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 the all like the help like the money situations and whatnot. And yeah, a lot of the, the boys do get paid. Um, you're not on a full time contract; it's sort of part time contract, but you get um you get paid um obviously to play for the club and and whatnot. And um each club's different. Sort of like the US, it depends on budgets for each club. Some clubs have bigger budgets than others, and and whatnot, it's all on ownership. Um, so, good. How far do you think your team is going to go in the FA Cup? Hey, look, I mean, we, I, I, I think we can, I think we can, we can win this this next game on on Sunday. I think we have a really good opportunity. We're playing at home, which is good. Um, so we have that home home advantage. Of, we're not allowed fans in. So every game here um, is behind closed doors as of right now. So. Um, I think that sort of gives us a more of an advantage of, of being able to being able to beat a League One side and a very good League One side they are, and we have to respect them. But we also know what we're capable of, and we're on a great run right now. And I think it's a great opportunity for us to to reach that second round. What is it like to play without fans? Yeah, it's definitely different. Obviously, I was very fortunate enough to to from with Detroit, obviously with the with the the crowds that they are able to to bring in, especially during the Members Cup. Um, I was very fortunate enough to be able to play in front of, um, of a lot of fans each week, and then going from that to then no fans, it sort of felt like a lot of the players have sort of agreed with me that it felt like a pre-season game. It felt like 
although you're playing league games, you're playing for for points. It didn't. It doesn't have that same that same um, feeling, that game day feeling. Obviously, going in, into a stadium and, and knowing that people are going to be there, sort of supporting. But hey, I mean that all we can do now is is um, obviously hope that people stay safe and and that each club's doing their best to, to follow COVID protocols and hopefully we'll be allowed fans in very soon. Do you have any plans of coming back to the US to play? I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I, obviously, I've spent a lot, a lot of my time out there and whatnot. And I, um, I honestly, as a, as a player, will go wherever the contracts are. I think you can't really, you can't really pinpoint and say no or yes or whatever. Wherever the next contract, hopefully professionally, will, will take me. That's obviously where I'll go. I think I'd love to say oh, I'm definitely going to be out there or I'm definitely staying in the UK. But obviously, in these times and this year, it's just proven that. You can't really plan for too much. I'm just trying to focus on me as of right now and, and playing the best football I can to give myself the best chance of, of signing professional contracts, wherever that may be. Last question for you. Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, that's a great question, Boise. I don't know where <laughs> I'm seeing myself next week, let alone in five years. Um, <laughs> I guess... I guess uh, um, Obviously, I'd love to still be playing in the in the professional game. All right now, I'm only 25, so I'll be 30. So I'd definitely be on maybe on the later stage of my career. But um, I I definitely would see myself sort of playing in a professional team in in some aspect, and um, hopefully sort of passing my knowledge on to onto future generations. I've always been uh, I've always loved coaching um, and coaching sort of the next generation. I think that's something that I definitely in the next few years. With coaching badges and get my coaching badges um, is definitely something that I want to do in in really giving back to to the to the upcoming players and the guys that when I was four or five years old I want to be I like looking up to to my coaches I want to be that that type of role model for for someone that age to really um, stick with football and, and and try and have a career out of it too. James Wani, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it, boys. It's great talking to you. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to Telling Our Football Stories and thanks to James Barney for sharing his story with us. Have a great day.